What's up, guys? Uh, really excited. We're about to hit a, a really big milestone for the podcast uh, and for me and Coach Walls, so we're really excited to uh, tell you guys all about it. We'll have reached it uh, tomorrow or today or in the past, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, April 5th on Friday, we'll have probably hit it, uh, and we'll tweet that out on Twitter and, and probably on our website and talk about it more on on upcoming podcasts, but we're really excited for it, guys, and and the growth of this podcast has been amazing. A uh, huge thank you to all of our sponsors, obviously, all of the coaches that have come on here, and then obviously everybody that listens to the podcast. We're, we're so thankful. We're so glad that we can talk to so many amazing coaches uh, and that we get the feedback from you guys that we get. Uh, we love doing this, and, and we hope to continue to do this for a long time. This episode of RTP is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute is offering a spring ball special exclusively for our RTP subscribers. Between now and April 15th, the first eight subscribers of Run the Power who purchase a GoRoute system will be eligible to receive a $700 discount off their package or receive two additional units added to their package at no cost. All right, a $700 value. To take advantage of GoRoute Spring Ball Special, go to GoRoute.com and request a, qu- request a quote using the promo code RUNPOWER19 in the comments section. Okay, so again, uh, go to GoRoute.com, request a quote, and in the comments section, uh, enter the promo code RUNPOWER19. Uh, you guys can learn more at GoRoute.com, uh, email sales at GoRoute.com, or give them a call at 866-777-1448. Just mention us or run Power 19 uh, to get your discount uh, of $700. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. Throughout their expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com at info at sidelinepower.com by email or give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by uh, Guardian Caps. Both of our programs uh, at Broken Arrow and Ankeny invested in Guardian Caps this year and we feel that they are really helping our guys out. Uh, They're soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice and are used by over 100 colleges and 1,000 high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them right now. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley has to say about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, And they're actually a lot more affordable probably than you guys would even think. Uh, Go check them out at guardiancaps.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Rick Butler. Coach Butler is one of the co-founders of the Surface-to-Air System along with Coach Rich Hargett. Listen as we talk with Coach Butler about his coaching career, how the Surface-to-Air System started and operates, and how service-to-air has transformed 7-on-7 to be able to include RPO concepts to keep defenses and offenses more realistic and honest. You can follow Coach Butler on Twitter at S2A System. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, coaches, I really appreciate y'all letting me be here. Um, it's, uh, again, you know, I've said to you off, off uh, air that uh, you guys are providing a great service, especially in the Januarys and Februarys, the dog days of not having football and the day-to-day, you know, field house stuff. And you guys are providing something great. I appreciate it. My name is uh, Rick Butler, and uh, I currently am the co-founder of Surface to Air System. Uh, but long before that, I go back to the 16 millimeter days of breaking down film. In uh, 1986, I started my coaching journey at, as a graduate assistant at Middle Tennessee State University. I'm a Tennessee boy, but my dad was a college football coach, so I'm sort of like an Army brat. 
in that my dad as a college coach was being hired and fired and hired and fired. And we had stops at Michigan State and LSU and Bowling Green State University. And back when Memphis State was Memphis was Memphis State, we were even there. So I uh, followed in my dad's footsteps and became a GA in 1986. I uh, didn't want to move around. So I got into high school football and uh, started that in, in uh, the great state of Georgia and uh, moved around from Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and then got the college bug and, and, and jumped up into uh, Division three football, Division two football, and NAIA. Um, I was a head football coach in high school for 13 years, and uh, I was a jack of all trades, a master of none. I don't know if that's the best route to be a top-notch coach but uh in college in college I was an offensive coordinator I was a defensive coordinator these were at the D2 and D3 spots and back when the arena football league was really Ironman football and a lot of the NFL owners like the Tennessee Titans and Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys uh I coached in the arena football league uh back when it was really a great league and guys were making real money and it was a stair step to the NFL I coached in the arena league so that was a pretty cool deal so that's a real nutshell of where I've been well you said back to the eight millimeter days is that when uh cut-ups were actually cut-ups you, you had to cut uh <laughs> yeah. cut the film and then uh how, how did that work isn't that right yeah, 16 millimeter, actually, yeah, where you did the, you know, the 16 millimeter and you fill it, you know, you had to feed it into this, these sprockets and you had a top reel and a bottom reel. And, and what you did, you cut up uh, with a splicer and uh, you you basically thumbtacked them up on a wall. And uh, a little, you know, an older guy told me, take grocery sacks. And so take all your powers, take all your toss take all your traps, you know, back in when everybody was 21 and 22 personnel and, and uh, you know, the three yards in the cloud of dust, Woody Hayes days of breaking film down. Uh, you took all your powers, your traps, your counters, and you put them into a, gar- a, a, a grocery sack, a brown grocery sack. Hmm. So here's my counter cutups. Here's my, here's <laughs> my trap cutups. And then you t- pulled all those, um, you know, I mean, however many inches long that play was, on a 16 millimeter clip, then you went back in and just spliced them all back together. And that's how you made your, uh, your cutups for your players and your coaches. <laughs> wow. Crazy, crazy. So I, that dates me, that dates me. And so, <laughs> yeah, um, there's no doubt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've sort of been there, done there, that and seen it on, on, on that type of thing. And, and now I'm in 2019 and doing some newfangled things with this, you know, with the surface care system and our new book and all that. So I've run the gamut, fellas. I was going to say that's, it's got to be much, much easier uh, with, with the amount of technology now to, to get some of those breakdowns and to get, um, shoot, even I would assume getting a, a book published has got to be, while it's, I'm sure, still uh, very hard work, I would have to assume much easier than it would have been in, in you know, 1980s. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, back back then, you know, anything was hard back then. You know, coaches went kicking and screaming into VHS. You remember when VHR, the VCRs were as big as a suitcase, and um, you know, you're, everybody went kicking and screaming into you know VHS, VCRs, and that's how we watched our tape and had to trade them. And then everybody fell in love with it because it was so much easier and saved a lot of money instead of getting a of 16 millimeter, um, you know, uh, you had to take it to a lab to actually get it, um, you know, like mm-hmm. old photos, you had to get it. And then developed, everybody yeah. went, yeah, developed. And then everybody went qu- kicking and screaming into DVDs. Oh, DVDs are going to be the end of football, man. You know, <laughs> the way, the way we break down football, you know, I'm, I'm used to this VC, VHS stuff, man. They had the cowboy clicker for the VHS too. And, that was going to be the end of breakdown. Well, you know, now digital. Oh my God, digital, and you know, so man, what would we do without it? You know, so now we're in the digital age of instant. You know, pull up third down at the negative twenty-three yard line on the right hash, and bam, you got every clip of every one that's ever been run right there. If that's the way you break it down, so times have gotten sweet as far as that goes. I used to think like, I mean, you know, they they went to VHS. 
and you, you had, like you said, the cowboy clicker. And then when they went to DVDs, I honestly liked VHS better because mm-hmm. you could you could rewind and forward so much easier. When with yeah. DVDs, I mean, all it did was skip. You didn't have like that slow motion rewind or or playback. You know, it would skip or it'd sit there, and you'd have to blow on it. And make uh-huh. sure. That, I mean, to me, that <laughs> the the quality of the film was better. Don't get me wrong, but the ease when you're using it as a coach. And, and when I GA, that's why they're like, well, we don't want to use DVDs. We want to use tapes. So, I mean, I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Once I got in, I'm like, yeah, I, I think it's probably still easier. Now, it did suck because it was still like real-time record. Whereas, you know, with the, with the DVD, you could just throw a file on there. Boom, it was done. It burned it, you know. Yeah, yeah. With, with the VHS, I still just, if it was a 45-minute cut-up, I had to sit there for 45 minutes <laughs> and let oh, yeah. it record. And if I messed up, you know, you had to rewind the tape and then do it. But I can't even imagine Coach having to have the, the grocery sacks and the splicer and, and, you know, putting them back together. That would have been yeah. absolutely yeah. Yeah, well, and, yeah, and, you, you know, the regular – mess up a cut-up then, it's a, it's a really big deal. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. If you put a trap in with a toss sweep, and you work for a guy that you work for a guy that's one of those you know old school grinders that chews you up and spits you out. Oh boy, you know your your future is not too bright in the game of football. So <laughs> most things have happened. Well, I was going to say, my dad he's he's the head coach at a, a high school here in Oklahoma called you know Berry Hill High School, but he's still because because they've got uh, you know the digital video and all that but he still he still has his coaches uh burn him off a dvd because he just knows mm. that one of these days the wi-fi is going to go out and no one else is going to be watching film but he's going to be so uh he yeah. still likes, he still likes the dvd better but uh you know the the team has has film but uh, i was just gonna say like from from the vhs even dvd days you know very few of those times were kids able to take a bunch of that stuff home and watch you know in college i know we'd get a few DVD cut-ups, but for the most part, it was like, you know, you almost have to be up at the school where now, you know, kids can take take their film around everywhere with them. I know at our high school, um, you know, they give them out Chromebooks for class. Um, now they would never watch film in, in class, but uh, at lunch or, or anything uh-huh. like that, I mean, they get to watch film whenever they want to. So it just so much more uh, available for those kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you have a way, you know, your back office way of tracking how much time Johnny spent on, you know, on that game, that play, that install. And so you know if he's been in it or not, too, from a, an accountability standpoint. So it's really nice as a coach. That's exactly right. And I and I try not to get too, um, too into it as far as checking it all the time. But I, what I think is, like you said, it's a great accountability tool. If there's a kid that keeps messing the same thing up or uh, has a really bad practice. He's mistargeted. It's something now is when I go back and look and say, okay, uh, oh, oh, you watched an hour? Okay, I can feel a little bit bad for mm-hmm. it. Maybe there's something I need to fix and, and you know, this or that. But if I go back and look and you've looked at zero minutes of film the past two weeks, now I'm going to really jump your butt. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's a good tool for coach to have that, but it's better for the kids. I mean, they, yes. they like that stuff. You know, they can look at it on their phone or tablet and bam, you know. So, yeah, going back to the original question, life has gotten easier and even publishing books. I think that's the question I I didn't hit. That's, you know, with Amazon, you know, um, everybody can be, you know, you got something to say, you know, (laughs) whether it's a podcast or whether it's social media or now or or whether it's writing a book, everybody can everybody can have their way. And uh, so it's. uh, uh, that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I hope for both of our cases, it's a good, great thing. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, obviously now, you know, running sur- surface to air and, you know, and, and being a, a, a book author and, and getting that thing published, it's technology's made it so cool to where now you, you're making connections, you know, nationwide. And I've seen you guys put the, you know, the maps up of guys who are using surface to air and you got guys literally in every single state in the, in the U.S., whereas in the past, you know, you were lucky to, to go to a, a regional clinic and maybe meet somebody from, from the West Coast. Well, now, dude, it's, it's as easy as sending a DM or sending an email, and then you're able to, to share film through the Internet. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's, there's not any reason why a guy that's just coming into the business 
can't learn and can't catch up and can't get up to speed. I mean, they're all the excuses of I can't get to a clinic or I'm not on a good staff or, you know, I want to learn how to do this or that. I mean, you got access, man. And through you guys and through other people that are doing their thing, uh, there's so, so much good resources that, you know, many resources out there at, at these guys' fingertips. It, it's, it's really nice, but yeah, we have, um, we have clients and surface there in 42 States, but even we got Australia, Japan, yeah. Brazil, and about four clients up in Canada and two colleges up in Canada. So, I mean, the world has now become really, really small. Yeah. And, and I think football sometimes gets a bad rep and, and even the kids, you know, the, like we've said probably too many times that the kids these days get a bad rep. Um, and, and it's like, oh, football's dying and, and kids are lazy. But when we do have this technology, man, the kids that really love football, they get all the football they could ever want. I mean, it always brings me back to my kids that really love football because now they're learning more than you could ever learn. Uh, and, and to me, the coolest part is before it was like, if you had a bad offensive line coach and you're in high school, then you just have a bad offensive line. And you just don't ever learn anything good you know, for four years, then, then hopefully you're good enough. You go to college and learn something from someone there. Hopefully they know what they're talking about, you know, where, or, or you got a bad, uh, what history teacher, you just don't learn anything, you know, about history basically, unless you're going to go down to the library. But now it, it, it's to the point where you can learn so much. If you really want to learn it, you can go learn it. You know, if it's, uh, you want to learn how to create a podcast, uh, to me, I thought it was going to be extremely hard to figure out. It was super simple. It's super easy to do. I mean, uh, as long as you put the time in to do it, you can do it. And and all of yeah. that was just learned from, okay, let's go Google it and let's go find some stuff out. It's an unbelievable Absolutely. thing that if you want it, you can go get that knowledge. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. You, the platforms, you know, depending on what style of learning that you want, it's there for you. And, uh, yeah, the resources are there for both coaches and both kids and, uh, they can find it. And, uh, and so that I, I actually think things have improved. I, uh, you know, people talk, you know, again, I'm going back to, uh, the early 1980s or mid 1980s when I first got into it. And even, you know, then people were going, you know, kids today, you know, and I'm sure they were saying kids today in the sixties, but I really believe that <laughs> you guys coach the best people that have ever been on the face of the planet. Um, kids today that are playing at your school on your team, and this is not philosophizing or getting on a soapbox, but I think the kids you guys coach at uh, Ankney and Broken Arrow are the best kids in America. Why? They could be doing so many other things, but they want to spend the time with y'all and they want the, you know, they, they want the heat. They want, they want to be pushed. They want to be disciplined. They want to be loved too. And uh, they just want answers. That's the only difference. The kids today coach you know, it used to be when, you know, we, we all played and were coached, you know, yes, coach, yes, coach, yes, coach didn't matter. Now it's why coach. And, and, and that's okay. They just want to know why if you give them that, why you got the greatest kid in America ever been. I, I, I think it's just getting better. So yeah, that's my that's my two cents. All right, coach, I, I completely agree. And I mean and, and that's it's part of that that the credibility that we talk about. You know, they they've got to be able to trust you and you have to know what you're talking about. I mean it's like if 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 some salesman comes to, to my door, you know, as an example and, and he can't tell me about his product or he can't tell me the philosophy he can't tell me about, I instantly don't have credibility. You know, whereas if all of a sudden, you know, he builds a relationship with me, he shows me he's super knowledgeable, he shows me how it, it, it can help him or it can help me, I, I'm, I'm going to be all in on that. It's the same thing with the kid. You know, he's, he's got to know that I know what I'm talking about. I have his best interests at heart, and, and I'm going to help him reach those goals. You know, and, and it, that's just, just part of, of being a leader and part of being a coach. And if, if you're not going to yep. put time in to do that stuff, I mean, I, I think it's pretty much going to be impossible to be successful unless you have a team full of, you know, Lawrence Taylors and, you know, guys that are just going to, you know, Adrian Peterson's on offense. I mean, you could just roll the yep. ball and win, but that, that ain't the case for most of us. Yep. Yep. You hit the one word relationship. And, and I think that's the big difference. You know, 
back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I guess, you know, a guy could just put the C on his cap and whistle around his neck and fake it till he made it, you know, but kids today see through that. You know, kids see, see, you know, that kids are exposed to so much and they can find out so much and going back to the information, they know a BS or when there's a BS or around and they see through that, you know, charade real quick. And, and so your credibility and just how you said all that, um, it's that relationship you've built and that's, there's trust. And then, you know, you got somebody you can mold for life. So that's, you guys are doing something great, man. Really are. Well, then you talked about it too. It's, and I've never thought of it this way, but it just brought it up is, is kids right now can be doing so many things with their free time. I mean, the, the possibilities are endless. And I think that the fact that they still, you know, choose to play football, like you said, something that's hard, something that's going to make them sore, something that takes up quite a bit of the time of their life just speaks to the nature of, of young men and how important the game is. You know, it, it's, it's something that fundamentally to your core is something that, in my opinion anyways, that, that young men thrive for is competition and, you know, bettering themselves and being a part of a group. And, and your statement, I think, proves it no better than, than, hey, kids right now could be doing a million different things and there's still thousands, hundreds of thousands of them playing football right now. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I, 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 you know, um, I just dedicated our book to, uh, you know, the young man right now that's in diapers that's going to be coaching and playing in 2030 and beyond. Um, that's really where my vision is not 2019. Um, I remember saying to my dad, my dad, you know, I just, that's all I ever grew up around with my dad coaching football and just like your dad and uh, you know, and said, Daddy, do you think uh, football will be around, you know, in the next 10 years, like when I'm a coach? And he said, I think it's going to be bigger and better. And so now my vision is I got a grandson, two years old. That sucker, I hope he wants to play ball. And um, and uh, if he wants to coach ball, even better. But I hope somebody's out there coaching him in 2030 and 2040. Um, it's cliche, man, but our country needs it. And um, so uh, you guys just, uh, hey, Hold on, man. I, you know, that's, if that's one word, you know, coaches that are listening to this thing, I hear guys go, you know, I need to step back because I need to spend more time with my family. Sometimes that just means I need to play golf a little bit more. I need to play poker a little bit more, what, mm-hmm. whatever. And I, I get it. You know, I get it. You know, it could be money. It could be time. But, uh, you know, the, what, what, what coaches are doing for the lives of American kids, um, you know, and again, we're football guys talking to football guys here. I know we're both preaching to the choir, but man, hold on to so that guy that's just going, you know, I don't know if I can do this another year. You know, the booster clubs up my butt and, you know, my wife, you know, didn't want me to be washing the jocks at the field house at midnight on Friday night. You know, hey, hold on, baby. Just hold on. You're making a difference in a kid. And uh, that, that just that, that right there just breaks me up. It's it's truth though. And I again, I know we're football guys talking to football guys, but uh, hold on, man. If you're listening to this, hold on, and just keep coaching these kids because you, you you're doing something. I've always said preaching and coaching are the two most important things that we can do. <laughs> so that's right. Um, hold on, baby. Just keep keep going. Keep going. Coach, uh, yeah, you're you're hitting me right in the heart, man. I I think it's it's an unbelievable calling, and, and it it brought back a story I'd heard uh, a coach at a clinic say. You know, there's there's not many professions in the in the world where they'll call you kind of by your profession. You know, it's like if they call you doc doctor, or you know they they call you your honor or Mr. President, and and they call you coach. So I mean, it, yeah. to me, that kind of just speaks to the magnitude of of the job, and you know, and, and I don't, I don't know many guys that have ever gotten into it for the money, you know, Hey, it's gotten pretty lucrative for, for some guys, but you know, when I first started coaching, that was the whole reason I wanted to do it. I loved football. And honestly, I just love being around the guys, you know, you, you miss that that locker room, you miss that, Mm -hmm. that brotherhood, that camaraderie. And I think that's just something that you want to perpetuate as long as you can and keep that brotherhood and, and, and try to keep, instilling into those kids like hey you're gonna have four or five really good buddies off of this team you're gonna have Mm. four or five really good buddies that you end up playing golf with or you're in a a wedding with them and 
you know what, you're going to have a son someday and you're going to want to instill those same values because you're going to remember that, that feeling, you know, of, of that, that brotherhood or of being a man, you know, whatever it might be. And I think you, you hit it on the head, man, it, the country needs it. You know, th- those, those yeah. type of people can't go away and, and I don't think it'll ever go away, but I don't want to ever see less of them. <laughs> you know, I want to, yeah. I want to yeah. see, I want to see more men who are, are doing it right. And, and, and imparting that knowledge that, you know, our, our granddaddies and our dads did with, with us and, and keep that thing going, man, paying it forward. Amen. Yep. Keep paying it forward. Totally. Well, coach, Please. you mentioned, coach, you mentioned, uh, uh, when you were younger, you know, moving around almost like an army brat, uh, as far as right, your dad, new jobs, different colleges, different football teams. And, and so you moved a lot. Um, as, as a coach with, you know, with kids and uh, all the guys that are listening, I, I've got to assume that uh, a good majority of them have kids and, and some of these coaches, you know, that that's going to play into, you know, do they try to go to college? Do they not to coach? Um, how was it just from your experience as a kid, how, how much, you know, was it, how bad, I guess, was it to have to move <laughs> around all the time? Or is it, is that something that, gets a little bit overblown I guess that's kind of my question uh, yeah I, I mean you know I, as a kid and I don't care from from diapers to 18 years old um, it's still family and uh, whether you go from Broken Arrow to, to Iowa to California uh, back to Texas uh, if your family units together and you know and, and, and I know it's hard on wives uh, but if the family unit stays together, then everybody's fine. I, I would not have traded it for the world. And that has nothing to do with football. But I went from Tennessee to Colorado to Michigan to Ohio, back to Tennessee, down to Louisiana, to Arkansas. I mean, we, we went a lot of places. And I was always the new kid. And uh, taking football out of it, what it did is I had to adapt. I had to adapt, and uh, and so every every new place was a new education on how to go into something and make your own way. And um, you know, no nobody knew me from from you know they didn't know if I was a good athlete. They didn't know if I was you know could walk or chew bubble gum. I, I had to make my own way, and uh, so it's a bit, you know. Again, I could apply that if I went into the insurance business or if I went into uh, selling door-to-door. I could adapt and apply the things I learned as a kid. So as uh, maybe looking at the perspective of a coach, as a coach, if you're going to go to the next level and say, you know, what I don't like about college football, you're going to get hired to be fired. There's no doubt about it. There's so much out of your control. And you go, I don't want to put my family through that. Well, as long as your family is together and your kids know you love them. I never doubted my dad loved me. My dad worked day and night. College football, even back in the 70s and 80s, was still a 24-7 grind. And then it was recruiting. And he was home rarely. But I'm going to tell you what. Um, my chest was puffed out because my daddy was a football coach, man. And uh, I'd go to those games. And, I, I mean, right now the hair is standing up on edge because, you know, that's my dad's team. People, people ask me today, who do you root for? I don't, I don't root for anybody. I root for who pays me the check and because uh, that's just the way I grew up. So if my dad was a Spartan at Michigan State, I was for the Spartans. Spartans fired my dad. I uh, went to Bowling Green State University. I was a Falcon now. And I rooted for the Falcons. And <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Uh, That's right. Yeah, I don't root. I don't root for anybody. I, I rooted for who paid the paid the bills and put the food on the table for us. But <laughs> but anyway, I now that's my perspective. Um, I don't worry about it. You love your family, love your kids, and and I wanted my dad to work, man. I wanted my dad to be there because I, being a kid, getting to go in that locker room after the game or go to a practice. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That I mean, what a what a life, what a life! And you guys probably got kids, uh, you know. And I mean, just taking your sons around the field house and around the kids. I mean, getting them on the bus. Come on, I mean, that's a it's a dream, you know. And and again, it doesn't matter if I went into football or or to 
being a chiropractor, it would, it would have been still a blast. So, uh, yeah, you know, that's, I, I hope I answered your question. Yes. Um, the did. big, yeah. the, the big difference for me, I'll just be, <laughs> um, I got into coaching to coach. Uh, I got my teaching cert- certification. I talked to this old, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a guy named Herschel Moore, Herschel Moore coached for 60 years, wrote a book, uh, called wing T and more. He's a wing T guru coach for 60 years. And he goes, Rick, he said, the first day I got into teaching, I knew it was bad. And he said, 40 years later, I th- still think it's bad. He just wasn't a teacher. He was a football coach. <laughs> and um, he was just right up, you know. And so what I got was I, I got certified in English. It was the closest thing I had. To, that's how many hours I had. I go, well, if I'm going to be a coach, I got to teach something. What do I, Mr. and Ms. Certification people at the state? Oh, Mr. Butler, you can be an English teacher. Oh, great. And I knew day one, I was in over my head. And, um, <laughs> That's a lot of grading. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. English. And, um, and I, yeah, and I, and I, I would tell my principals and my athletic directors, I say, look, fellas, I mean, let's just, let's just call it what it is. Let's just, and hey, again, I'm a little bit old school in this. I go, look, uh, you know, I may, I may be a 500 teacher, but if I'm not a 750 plus percentage wise win, uh, at this program, you're going to fire me for being the football coach a lot sooner than you're going to fire me for being a teacher. So um, that got me into college football pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> good, good motivator. <laughs> I just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to kid you about it. I mean, hey, teaching and the guys that can teach well and coach well are blessed blessed beyond belief and i know him i know there's a all-time win in this coach in tennessee carlton flat at brentwood academy was a great math teacher mm-hmm. and a great football coach and that took massive amounts of talent um i'm not going to pretend i had that kind of talent <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of persuasive essays and, and informative essays you got a grade there man oh, Holy mackerel. I, I tell you what, I, I'm just going to be a little side story. I got in trouble for this. I just got bored and I, we had to do, we had to do paragraphs and we had to do a comparative, we had to do comparative, um, uh, what was it? Compare and contrast paragraphs. Mm-hmm. And I had to give the kids a topic and I go, okay, um, let's do this. Uh, I want you to compare and contrast a burp and a fart. And, uh, <laughs> I, and uh, they loved it. They, that was the first time some of those kids had ever written, ah! you know, they were just laughing. Coach Butler, I'm going to compare a burp and a fart. Well, guess who got called on the carpet that afternoon? And I go, you know what, sir? I mean, I got yelled at and called everything but a teacher, you know, that day by the administration. I go, you know what, though? <laughs> they learned, they learned something. They learned yeah. something today. They'll never forget how to compare and contrast <laughs> a paragraph. So <laughs> I think that was for my own entertainment though. Yeah, dude, hey, can I can always find a way to to relate and at the same time, hey, they're working on the skills that you wanted me to do, man. They're meeting the standard. Just there to, you just go. To, just had to be a little creative in the uh, in the writing there. But I coach, I think That's you right. some some great points about how, you know, it it, it was your experience, you know, and, and it seems like so many people and and social media and that gives you the platform now to, to be able to, to judge and be like, man, he's moving around all the time. And it's gotta be so hard on those kids. Those kids gotta be that. But you know, from your perspective, that was just normal. And, and you know, you, you, you dealt with it. You, you knew it was going to be what it was. And, and I'm sure, you know, your, your family was tight knit and they communicated about it and then it was fine. You know, whereas some people, they just, they just can't like fathom that because, well, yeah, you've never experienced it or you've never talked to somebody mm-hmm. that, that's gone through something like that. So I think, you know, it, it's always so important to be able to, to sit back and, and always look at it from someone else's perspective. I remember, you know, I had a buddy that, that lived in, in New York for a year because he was doing his, uh, his residency out there. And I go hang out and, you know, I've barely been on the subway a little bit in the train and he's got a little four-year-old daughter and she's just like all natural, you know, boom, right, walk right up to the train, mm-hmm. the subway, start talking to people, start talking Spanish to other people. Mm. I'm just like, Oh my God, man. You know, you let your four year old, he's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's what she's grown up doing. And you know, mm. it, it was like, it was like nothing, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing, you know, from the Midwest and you're like, wow, you know, it's just way, way different. But 
that opened my eyes to like, yeah, that, that was just normal to, to that little girl, you know, and, and yeah, somebody, that's a great, you know, I mean, just that's a, a great perspective. You know, I, but I, I, you know, honestly, you don't think about that enough. It's like, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, they, they come back and they, they tell you, yeah, coach, I, I love that. I, I love that aspect of it. So I think mm-hmm. you know, it's so easy for people to, to kind of judge about that. But I was, I was thinking about that for whatever reason, you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. cool to hear you say, no, I loved it. I wouldn't change anything. And it was all your mindset. Yeah. That's what you grew used to. You're yeah, used to being yeah, yeah. in those uncomfortable Absolutely. I, I'll tell you, my, my dad said it, and then I coached with a guy that was younger than me uh, that said it. He said, don't tell me that I cannot be a great father and a great football coach. Mm-hmm. I, I can be a great father, I can be a great husband, and I can be a great football coach. I can do that. And, and this guy has won multiple state championships now in the state of Tennessee. And and he is a great father. He is a great husband, and he is a great football coach. And uh, you can do it. That's that just goes back to hold on, man, and just keep doing it. I think if you put that up on a board in teaching and said, "I hope these are the three things I teach you," mm. you know, to tell tell mm-hmm. your kids, "I hope someday you're going to be a great husband, a great father, and and then a great you know whatever profession you want." Those are my three yeah. goals for you in this yeah. class. If we taught them that, I'd, I'd feel pretty successful. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a, 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 you might you might put that up tomorrow, Coach. I mean, that, that's it. That's it right there because you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. Not one does not have to suffer for the other. And um, and I've been there, and I've got the scars to to prove it. That I've lost perspective a lot of times. So I'm not going to say that I've lived up to that every day, but. Uh, but I can live up to it and I should live up to it. And, and it's totally, you can do it. One doesn't have to suffer for the other. Coach, uh, you know, we, we kind of found out about you or, or got you on the podcast because like you said, uh, of the new book, um, which is, is through the, the surface to air. Um, I don't know if you call it system. Um, now I'm not really sure what it is necessarily. And so that's kind of my question is I've seen it a bunch on Twitter and, and haven't really delved into it so how'd you get a part of that and and how'd you guys get that started and and um you you know kind of what's going on with that right now well with with the book specifically uh the book is called game practice system it's sort of a takeoff on gps like you're trying to find directions on your phone on gps so game practice systems and uh it's an innovative restructuring of american football practices and it's a total paradigm shift in how we've been practicing football since before the Vince Lombardi days. Uh, you know, schemes have changed. Uh, kids have changed. Coaches have changed. Uh, you know, we're throwing the ball more than ever. Uh, we're doing different things to be innovative in technology and, and uh, schemes and RPOs. But one thing that hasn't, and I go, I'm just, I'm sort of a, uh, an efficiency freak. I'm a freak of not wasting time. Don't waste my time. I will try not to waste your time. And I've done it. And, and I think that can now be applied to coaching football um, and the way that we approach a practice. So um, we put together a book that if a coach has an open mind and look at the way he coaches, in a practice, the way he structures a practice, the way he prepares for a practice, um, this could be a real eye-opener. Just some of the things that we, you know, we, we just feel like there's some green, groundbreaking things and science proves. And so we're trying to back it up all with science. Um, are you guys familiar? I'll, get, I'll just give you an example, a couple of examples of just total science and applying it to a football practice and how we can change it. Have you guys read, um, and if y'all can get him on your podcast to blow it up, Fergus Conley's book, uh, Game Changer? Yes, sir. I have it on Kindle. I've been reading it. Uh, it is a game-changing book. And, uh, but anyway, he, uh, one of the things that, that, that we tout in, in, in our game practice system book is uh, something that Conley said, two things that cannot be divided or preparation and competition. You may have heard the adage, train slow, play slow. 
This appears to be a cliche, but it's also true. Athletes cannot prepare one way and play another. And so uh, what we have set out to do is everything that we do in practice, and this has become from necessity, and we, we began one year ago developing these concepts and studying them and finding science to prove them or disprove them. And if you don't put a kid Monday through Thursday in a practice that simulates a game, then he's going to be shell-shocked in that game for the decisions and the reactions that he has to make. So everything we do is, is in our practice is spaced out just like a, just like a, a football game. And, uh, and we got some things in there that are sort of, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I, 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 this goes all the way back to 1986. Why do you get in stretching lines and do hurdler stretch and, and, and all that stuff? Um, I'm with you. I heard Barry Switzer. Yeah, yeah. Barry Switzer, uh, some guy went out to watch Barry Switzer in the 1970s at Oklahoma. Said, Coach, why are these, you know, some of the Oklahoma kids were, throwing frisbees around and running around and playing two-hand touch and just playing grab ass before practice. And Barry Switzer said, if you make everything important, nothing's important. He said, how many times have you seen the sixth or seventh man get called into the basketball game in the second quarter, you know, going in doing hurdler stretches and hamstring stretches? No, he rips his sweats off and he runs in the game and rips and roars up and down the field. Cheetah don't, you know, ham, the cheetah don't do hamstring stretches before he chases the antelope. So that's just a very small thing. So what we do is we do pat and go. Our warm up is pat and go for the for the receivers, backs, and quarterbacks. We're going to do game things to warm up. Uh, linemen are going to do pass set. Linemen are going to do duck walks. Linemen are going to do things that is going to require skill for their position. And that's the way we warm up. We're going to warm up the way we play the game and um, stretch lines and rah, rah, and, you know, quick cows and all that have nothing to do with winning a football game. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm making a point, um, yeah. you know, and I know everybody's got their routine, but I'm making a point. If it doesn't have to do with the game, we don't do it. Um, uh, another thing that's sort of a, backwards things we don't um we don't do individual drills to the end end of practice we call them indie ops or in, individual opportunities and i learned this from education believe it or not being the great teacher i was and <laughs> tongue-in-cheek but but one thing i did learn as a teacher is mastery and so in the mastery system you actually pre-test and those kids uh, in the educational system, those kids at pretest don't need to spend all that time, two plus two, three plus three, you know, whatever. Uh, they go right on to multiplication because they've already figured out two plus two and three plus three and all that stuff, the addition and subtraction. Why waste their time? Uh, so what we do is we introduce a concept in walk, what we call walks, which is walkthroughs, and we introduce the concept. Then we practice the concept. And the coaches assess during practice that, you know, hey, my my ex out there is getting it. You know, he's got it down. He's not only a stud, he's smart. Um, he doesn't need to go through the same drill that the second teamer, the backup kid needs to go through who's struggling a little bit. So what we do is we assess during practice where the faults are, where the failings are, and then at, at the end of practice, and we don't even call it the end of practice, we, we call it individual opportunities, where the coach goes to his position, then works on the things that that kid or group of kids didn't get, didn't understand, or weren't successful in doing. So that's a little bit of a paradigm shift in, in, in our GPS book, doing your individual drill at the end, because we're trying to achieve mastery during practice and then we'll work on the things that we've failed at at the end of practice i love the point you, you bring up about the stretch lines that's been my now for about two <laughs> or three months that's all i've uh, i think that walls has heard me complain about is mm -hmm. stretch lines especially with offensive alignment mm -hmm. I, had, I had no uh no thoughts for any other position because i hadn't been around it but um i i had been telling walls that now for a couple months i think he's probably set it for years i'm sure but 
Um, yeah. that, that's been my big, my big uh, war to fight uh, this this off season. I think. Yeah, yeah. I've asked I've asked older coaches, why do you stretch? Why are you getting in lines? Well, you know the answer. Well, that's the way we've always done that's it. Well, it's not it. good enough, coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, hey, your your scheme has changed, your technology's changed, the kids have changed, and you're telling me you're in stretch lines because that's the way you've always done it. That 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 doesn't wash anymore. Um, so uh, if I could, I I, I want to make sure uh, you know I get y'all in this on time. I want to share this as a a new way that we do seven on seven within our practice, which can be applied to summer seven on seven, or or seven on seven during practice. We call it S27, as in our S2A surface to air, but we call it S27. And basically the way we seven on seven is it's the same thought as a seven on seven, except with the following. Everybody on offense has a flag. Uh, we add an offensive tackle and we add a defensive five technique and they flip flop depending on what concept you want to run. So if we are running a, if we're running, let's say we got three by one right, uh, and we want to run an inside zone concept, uh, our right tackle is going to inside release, and we've got the trip side to our right running a concept. Let's just say it's a bubble concept. Mm -hmm. Um, The quarterback reads the five technique for the inside zone or disengages and brings it out for the keep portion of the RPO or the option to throw the bubble on the RPO. And so what we do is we add that offensive tackle and that five technique. So our offensive line's getting work, our defensive line's getting work, uh, even though it's just one kid and we just swap, you know, swap tackles in and out and five techniques in and out. And our defense is getting work because they have to work on pursuit angles, proper alignments, uh, proper assignments, because they got to go and pull the flag. And this, this doesn't matter if we're in full pads or in shorts. We flag because we're going to get that kid chasing the football uh, on defense. So it affects our offense and our defense in a positive way. And we recreate the game of football in a very safe way. But we apply football reactions and football realism to the drill by adding the offensive tackle and the defensive tackle. The offensive tackle can do three things. He can do a quick pass set, he can do a turnout, or he can do a beer inside release. Uh, Once he makes contact, they're dead. The five technique reacts to those. So Veery's going to squeeze. you know, turnout block, he's going to, you know, scotch down and hold his, you know, hold that, hold that C gap. Pass, uh, pass set, he's going to make a move, but now he doesn't chase the quarterback or do any of that, but it helps offensive line, defensive line. It helps the linebackers to play a true. We're going to give the football. Um, if they're playing eight yards deep, like you see in, in seven on seven tournaments. So we're going to get that realism on offense and defense and, and that's a big chapter in the book about how we do S27 and the rules for it and all that. So it's a pretty cool little new concept. Coach, I like that. I mean, especially with, you know, as, as many RPOs as teams run, I mean, you, you do it in a seven-on-seven situation or even in, in team situations, you're, you're not getting a, a super realistic look. So I think that's a, a pretty good way to, to get that done. And I'm obviously, you know, for the defense, you know, sometimes it feels like in seven-on-seven, guys don't chase the ball you know they cover their guy and they kind of just walk back in well now hey ball gets handed off or we run a screen you got to go you know at least tag out or grab that flag i like it yeah 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 it, it, it really you know so the whistle's not blown to the play is over again going back and you know so a receiver once he catches the ball it's not like how many times have you thrown a ball out to a receiver and he just jogs back to the line of scrimmage and hands the ball back to the quarterback and you go what are you right. doing dummy yeah. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? You know, first downs and touchdowns, first downs and touchdowns, you know, get up field. And so uh, he runs that hitch or he runs that slant. What's he going to do? He's going to compete to get a first down. He's going to compete to get a touchdown. And uh, the defense is going to compete to not let him do that. So it's a, we did it in tournaments. Well, I wouldn't call them tournaments. So we, what we did this past summer, uh, 
filmed it and got other teams involved and and we actually did it in our summer preparation and uh this summer we hope to um we're going to have a camp uh in iowa actually this summer right at the omaha border do not ask me the name of the school right now coach i'm sorry <laughs> but it's, it's going to be in uh no um it's right at the omaha nebraska borders where we're having it and uh uh, what we're going to do, a big part of our, our camp is uh, we're, going to, we're going to run S27 within the camp. So teams can actually work on now, – now, it doesn't matter if you're 10 personnel, 11 personnel, spread, 3 by one whatever, 2 by 2 uh, you, can, you, know, you can employ this. And, uh, and so we're going to have it with a lot of teams doing it this summer in our camp. So we're hoping that thing spreads because I just think it's going to improve football and it gets coaching back into football you know seven on sevens become a big thing akin to aau and this really gets the coaching back into the darn thing i, I listened to some of y'all podcasts today uh coach from scorched earth you guys were talking about the tailpipe play well yeah you know that's not football you know i, I, I laughed at that one of y'all <laughs> talked about the, the old the old uh, seven on seven tailpipe yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're running, you're running smash on both sides and a two by two and the back goes straight up the center's tail, <laughs> you know, to, yep. to split those two high safeties. That's not football. And, uh, but to combat that, your linebackers are playing at nine yards depth. That's um, right. Well, this will, yeah. And that, that's not football. And so this eliminates all that and gets coaching and playing back into, you know, again, Schemes have changed, technology's changed, but since the inception of seven on seven, it hadn't changed. Um, so that's that's the whole purpose of game practice system in our in our book. And and uh, I wrote that with Rich Hargett. I don't even think I've mentioned Rich yet. So Rich is Rich Hargett yep. is is uh, surface to air system, and uh, I'm just a guy behind the scenes, and. Um, <laughs> that does all the dirty work but um but we wrote that book together and i got to give rich all the credit for for 99 of all anything with surface air systems so make sure i i you know he's gonna slap me so <laughs> well don't let him do that <laughs> what uh i'm always curious about the the book writing process just because uh again and i've said this a bunch but it's like uh, every coach ever is like hey I, you know what one day i'm gonna write a book I think I've heard that from every football coach ever, uh, you know, yeah, half the time yeah. as a joke, but you know, some of them serious and, and a lot just never go through with it because obviously it's a, even as easy as it is compared to the eighties, it's still a, a very daunting task that takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Uh, so mm -hmm. how'd you go about finally deciding, you know what, it is time and I'm going to write a book and, and, uh, and then go about, you know, planning your, your days around uh, trying to get this book written uh, the way that you wanted it written. Absolutely. Well, the process started with a statement um, uh, actually on a, on a members webinar for surface tear system. We, we have a webinar every week for our members and uh, Rich said, I'm going to develop something to practice RPOs better in a, in a seven on seven. And uh, we got off the webinar and got on the phone. I said, I think you just said something. I said, what if we do this? He said, no, what if we do that? And then we started scribbling it out, and then we wrote an outline. And then we started looking at the entire practice, you know, how are we practicing? And, you know, how are we doing things? And so it started from an outline, and, you know, all right, um, you know, how do we, you know, what do we think about drills? What do we think about, you know, how we, how, what do we think about team? And so each one of those became a, that outline became a paragraph. And then that paragraph became a page. And so those are all the grind, if you want to call it the grind parts. But from there, uh, there are so many, uh, there's so many oh, little uh, uh, website platforms like Fiverr or, you know, where there's freelancers. Right. There's people, yep. in, in people in Bangladesh that speak English and stay up till 4 a.m. And, and they, they do their jobs on a bunch of $5 micro payments. And, uh, you know, so literally you can hire a freelancer uh, 
and and say, would you make sure that the format meets the Amazon publication uh, format correctly? Because I don't know how to format it correctly. In other words, the font and the spacing and the paragraphs and all these things that you know, like bleed and uh, making sure that the first page is not on the left but on the right. So five dollars, Fiverr, F I V R R. Yep. You know who can for, format my book? pay them $5, you know, if I want it back in 24 hours, pay them $5 more. Okay. Um, who's going to, Hey, I've got a concept for the book cover who can do a, and you just write it in there, search, create a book cover, bam, they do a book cover. And then the, uh, Amazon has Kindle direct publishing is what they call it. Now I think it used, uh, used to be called something else, but Kindle direct publishing. And you just basically put your book PDF, uh, your cover PDF and they do about a 24 hour, uh, you know, looking at, you know, giving it the once over, make sure you're not, you know, creating the next terrorist plot <laughs> inside of a football book, you know, and that we're not, you know, I'm not creating an A-bomb to blow up New York city within, you know, the pages. And I guess that's what they do. I guess that's what they do. Yeah. Uh, so I'd submit it on Kindle and uh, bam, in 24 hours, that, that puppy's alive. And, uh, bam, you're a, you're an author, you know? And, um, you know, my dad did the same thing. My dad said, he coached for 30 years, said I'm going to write a book about offensive line play. He never did it. And I, I wish I would have actually dedicated the book to him. You know, daddy, you know, this book is for the book that you never wrote or, you know, and, uh, so from all that standpoint, it's really not a big deal from a technical standpoint. The, the hard part is just like a football play, just like a football practice just like a football program, you, you know, you have your philosophy, you have your idea, you have your process and you got to implement it. And, um, and hopefully it'll have a little bit of a different flair than just, you know, I'm going to talk about the old ISO play, you know, we're going to be in 21 personnel and we're going to bring that thing downhill and we're going to run the ISO. Not many people are going to write, write, read the old ISO book, you know, so there's got to be a little, you know, there's got to be a little flair to it and, you know, put your twist on it. But, um, and, and, and here's another thing. I think coaches want to read X's and O's technical books. They don't want to really read unless it's Bill Belichick or Bill Walsh or Vince Lombardi. They don't want to really read a philosophy book. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to read, they want to know what you do and what makes it different and what makes it successful and how it can. And here's what it all comes down to. First down, if it's an offensive book, first downs and touchdowns. If they can pick up that book and score more touchdowns and get more first downs, they're going to get more wins. Well, the ROI for a football coach is wins. Right. And, and, and so if you can show that within a book, then, then you could probably be an author. Harper, you ready to write a book now? <laughs> no. No, I can't, I can't show that in a book, but I can talk to people that are smart enough that can. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it all comes down to what you do. You know, you guys are great. You know, you're, you're, you, you guys have a flow. You feed off of each other. Your questions are smart. You engage, you know. So your, your platform, that's your deal. You guys are great in the interview process. Other guys are, you know, they're good with the pen and paper. Other guys are good just breaking down a play, uh, you know. Other guys are great communicators in, in a, like a clinic setting. You know, there's some guys – or brilliant football coaches that have won 300 games that couldn't couldn't give a clinic presentation to save their life. <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, I mean, I've seen college coaches uh, that were the worst clinicians. I mean, really, I couldn't learn. I couldn't learn, you know, how to fill up an ice cream cone from you, dude. How have you won games? They're just not good at that. You know, they're, that's just not their thing. But they're good at other things. You know, so it's finding your finding your wheelhouse well coach i think you found yours and and um i think maybe that maybe that english teacher uh background got back into you and you couldn't (laughs) help but but write a book maybe uh maybe on there maybe you should have added a chapter about uh the differences in in verbs and farts (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely hey whatever it takes to get to get the point across but i tell you what i if any old high school principals that I've ever worked for listen to this podcast, and I hope they don't, um, 
<laughs> they're going to write into your show. They're going to write into your show and say, don't ever, ever buy a book from that guy. Um, are you, are you crazy? Uh, he couldn't, he, he couldn't, he couldn't have taught in the classroom to save his life. But, uh, but you know, Hey, coaching's teaching. I, that's another cliche, but it is. I'll tell you what, if you can get, if you can get 11 kids to do what you want them to do on a consistent basis. And then they, you know, your test is on Friday night, baby, you know, in front of a lot of people. And, uh, I, I had a coach one time stand up in a faculty meeting, in a faculty meeting, and he was probably on his way out. And he was pretty bold. And he goes, hey, listen, I could do every one of your jobs. Not one of you could do my job. And uh, <laughs> he didn't stay in that high school very much longer, but, but he had a point. <laughs> he had a point. He had a point. Yeah, he yeah had those point. guys on their way out. They, uh, it, it's always funny to hear a couple of those speeches. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they got, they hold nothing back, but you know, it depends on how much longer they want to stay in the coaching profession. Of course. Well, that's right. <laughs> well, yeah. well, coach, kind of, kind of coming up on an hour. Um, yeah. you know, and, and the question I always like to ask, uh, before we let you go is, is well, you're watching another team's offensive line. What are some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? That's a great, that's a great question. It's, um, it's five guys as one. Uh, and especially if you watch a team running zone or outside stretch, if those guys, you know, just look like they're one person, even though they're five running it, um, that's what I look for. I, I know that they're well and – and I'm telling you what, it could be a ton of good athletes, a uh, ton of, you know, D1 five-star prospects. Those suckers have got to be coached. And if they're going to run inside zone or outside zone and how they got to sync all that up. And if they, they do that and come off as one, you know, uh, and you know, nobody's being turned loose and there's no, uh, you know, there's no penetration, then that unit of five, five star athletes have been coached. But I've also seen teams and y'all have two of the five stars, three stars, stud offensive linemen that we all, we all wish we had playing for us that are allowing penetration. One's going one way and one's going another. You know, the guy hadn't been coached. And uh, so the I, I call offensive line the skill positions. And uh, that is that takes the greatest amount of skill besides quarterback probably than any other position in football. And um, Every dime of my money goes to two guys. If I, I was hired to be a head football coach right now, and I've done it in the past, every dime goes to the offensive line coach and the strength and conditioning coach first. That's above an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator because that has got to be a position that's got to be coached. And uh, had an old coach tell me, and I've learned a lot from an old coach, said, look, get those guys back there that can tote the rock. You know, all, all you got to do is give them six six inches, but do not allow penetration. And so that's sort of what I'm looking for right there. Coach, man, it's been it, awesome. Yeah, been awesome having you on, and, and you know, appreciate all the the insight you have, and and appreciate you know telling us about the the book and and the system. I, I'm I'm excited to learn more about it. You know, I think you know you, you hear you hear a lot of coaches talk about you know, hey, we want our our kids to grow, we want our kids to to get better. Well. You know, it, it's it's on us to kind of put our money where our mouth is too, and 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 lead from the stance that we're going to continue to do the same thing. And I hear some guys, you know, even even come back with, well, you know, I don't I don't run this or I don't run that. Well, how do you know how when your when's your next job? What offense are you going to be running? You know, who knows mm -hmm. what's going to happen tomorrow if I go get an, another job someplace else? And that head coach is like, hey, you know what? We're running surface to air. We're running R four. We're running whatever system it might be you're going to, you're going to be a lot better off the more that, you know, and it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I've, I've learned the wing T I've learned option offenses. I've never run them, but I know them. So I think, you yeah. know, I, I think, you know, being a, an educated coach is, is, is going to be worth your weight in gold. So I encourage anyone to, to go out and, and make sure they're, they're grabbing what you guys are doing. I appreciate it. I, uh, yeah, it's a labor of love, and it's just, you know, you know, hey, whatever we can do to keep growing the game. Uh, there's a lot of good systems. Like you said, there's a lot of great wing tee coaches, wishbone coaches, uh, four two five coaches, what have you, and uh, learn from them all. Just pick one thing a year. It's what I always try to do, one thing a year to learn. 
and try to master it and then go on to the next thing. And especially if you're a, a high school coach wanting to be a head coach, you got to know everything. And, uh, you know, just because that year where you're not going to have that good assistance, you you got to go fill that role as the assistant. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to hire, I always wanted to hire people that were a lot better. Hey, you're the best quarterback coach. Okay. You're the quarterback coach. I'm not the quarterback coach, you know, cause you're, I'll go coach another position. Cause I just wanted good coaches that way. But, uh, uh, yeah, learn, learn, man. And, uh, yeah, if y'all ever need anything, we're, uh, our Twitter is at S to a system. Um, our website is surface to air system. That's T O surface to air system.com. Uh, don't matter. Uh, you got a question, ask it, and, and we'll do our best to help y'all. And uh, appreciate what y'all do, fellas, and keep it up and just keep on and uh, appreciate what y'all do for football. That's not a cliche because that, that's the truth. I want my grandson to play it, and I want coaches to be coaching it in 2030 and 2040, and you guys are adding to, to this great game. So appreciate y'all. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.